Hey, welcome to Church Alive's podcast. We are so blessed and so honored that you could join us here today. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Our mission here is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for joining in and enjoy the message. Come on, one more time, give a hand for our kids. Hey, my, my wife just got diagnosed breast cancer, 48 years old. So come on, church. We're a church that believes in the power of prayer. We've seen cancer healed and all kinds of different things healed. Let's, let's continue that in Jesus' name. Come on, close your eyes. If you're comfortable, lift your hands to heaven. Father, I just thank you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. But all across this place, strength is coming into people. All across this place, the life of the Spirit is coming into people. We're healing and life and financial breakthrough and emotional breakthrough. Lord, needs to happen. I pray, Lord God, that you would just breathe life all across this auditorium, Father. Lord, those who would watch online or listen, I pray in Jesus' name, you would touch them where they are. Father, I thank you for it. Come on, one more time, Church Alive. Let's give Jesus just a chance. Come on. Thank you, Lord. High five your neighbor, tell them they're good looking and grab your seat. If someone smells like off milk who's sitting next to you, they probably got pied in the face. So just, just, a, just a warning. And I uh, hope you'll stay around and, and see people pied in the face. Uh, immediately after the service, it'll go to an incredible need. So I want to go... How many of you remember a time, how many of you remember like your first roller coaster ever? Yeah. Wasn't that like, I think I was seven or eight and I jumped on this one, I think it was in Adelaide, South Australia is where I was born to, and, and raised till I was about 10 years old. I think it was called, here it is, yeah, a picture, something like this, it was one of those little two cart or four cart people and I was on there with my brother, that's not me and my brother, um, <laughs> just so you know, and I just, it was just some internet shot and um, and I remember kind of getting so excited, like you're seven or eight, you go on the roller coaster for the first time, and you feel like you're about to go over the edge, and then all of a sudden it turns, like, whoa! And then you go down the hill, like, ah! And you kind of do this left turn and right turn, and you're going up and going down, and, and so forth. And I loved it, man. I remember talking about it for a number of years, even later. And then I, I remember hearing a story, though, of uh, one of the roller coasters going off the roller thing. And I was like, oh, that's bad. And then um, what's funny, though, is that flying ruined roller coasters for me. How many of you go on a roller coaster and for at least the next two hours you feel like you're about to vomit? Anyone? 
Anyone? Uh, that's me now. You didn't used to be me. But anyway, I flew from Sydney, Australia to America. But the first time I ever flew here, I was, just, I was just trying to save money. Like I was trying to put every... So the, the, the uh, travel agent at the time was like, the cheapest way you can go is fly this way and you'll save $200. I'm like, awesome. Okay, let's save it. She did not explain the ordeal I was about to go on to save $200. Like I would have, I would have sold my dog, cat. I would have sold my sister. I would have sold, I would have sold someone for that $200. Because we flew from Sydney, Australia to, um, when you're flying to the United States, the United States is here, Australia is here, literally on the other side of the world. We flew to Jakarta, Indonesia, Bali, Hawaii, LA, Chicago, then we, DC finally, and then Charlottesville, and then Lynchburg, Virginia. Like that's not 24 hours, people. That's about 45 to 50 hours to save $200. So by the time I get to DC, I'm wanting to kill someone. And then I get on one of those little planes and it was one of those little cloud hoppers and it was going up and down. And I've been flying already for 45 hours and the, and the flight is literally going up and down like this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm gonna, oh crap, exactly, I'm gonna vomit. And um, you can take that, it's all right. And uh, you, like, I would feel like I was going to vomit. And have you ever been about to vomit? How many of you become very spiritual when you're about to vomit? <laughs> you're like, Lord, no. I know you've healed people in the past and you can do it again, please. And have you ever like, and then I was praying and then I was trying like Tony Robbins tricks and stuff. I literally was like, I don't vomit. I don't vomit. I don't vomit. I never vomit. I've never vomited before. I was doing like all this mental magic on the plane. And we finally, we land in Charlottesville and I, all of a sudden, as soon as we touch down, like your stomach settles a little bit. And I ran to go get a, a, a ginger ale and try to calm my stomach. Then we jump back in the plane. And now it's like a, literally a 30 minute plane from I think Charlottesville to Lynchburg, Virginia. And I'm like, come on, Anthony, you can do it. Hold on, baby, hold on. And the plane's going up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm, I'm like, ah. And I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I'm, I'm sweating. I'm just sweating like this. And I did it, people. <laughs> I was the person that you never want to sit next to on the plane. Like, I... <laughs> I threw up in the bag. And, and the person, like, it wasn't on my aisles, across the aisle, was just staring at me like this. <laughs> I'm throwing up, and for some reason, I literally glance over. <laughs> and I felt like, saying, don't look at me! Get your head and eyes straight to the front, sunshine, don't look at me! <laughs> And uh, so ever since that day, every time I get on a roller coaster, my body goes, remember? <laughs> remember when you threw up? And so it brings me back to that moment. How many think the roller coaster life's a bit like a roller coaster sometimes? I think parenting's a bit like a roller coaster sometimes. Just managing your children's emotions sometimes. Like one moment they're excited and pumped, and the next moment you'd think a funeral's just happened. You're like, how did that happen in six minutes? And then later they're excited, and then later again you go upstairs, you're like, why is World War III happening right now? Stop it. Iraq and Iran, can you just get on? 
And uh, you, ever, you ever had one of those days when you were a kid that your parents treated you like so well? They took you to like some theme park, gave you popcorn, bought your socks, bought your undies, bought your hat. Like one of those moments as a parent that you just blessed your kids and you were just like, I'm the greatest parent ever. Yes. Have you ever had one of those parents? Moments, parents, good. Um, and then for some reason, by the end of the day, I don't know what it is. I remember I did this when I was 10. By the end of the day, your kids have been too spoiled, treated too well, bought too many things. They're tired, full of sugar, and they have a meltdown. And you're like, I just spent hundreds of dollars on you. And you go and treat me like this. Help me. Like what in the world? And, and uh, I've never yelled at my kids, but I'm, I'm, I've seen people have done it. <laughs> and I, I, I just remember, like, I took you to Disneyland and I popcorn and, and, and we never went to Disneyland when we were young and then I just did this for you. And you treat me like this. Like, and, and your own roller coaster emotions, just managing your emotions and the roller coaster of managing your wife's emotions and the roller coaster of managing your kids' emotions and the roller coaster of just sometimes life is kind of mundane. But you're up and down. And isn't it true that life is kind of like this roller coaster sometimes? So I want to preach to you a message today that I know is going to encourage you. Or I hope it is. And even if it doesn't, you can just pretend it does. <laughs> I want to preach to you a message called the roller coaster of hope. The roller coaster of hope. And if there is anyone in Scripture that I would say models this roller coaster of hope across the breadth of her life, it would have to actually be Mary, the mother of Jesus. Let's jump into the story in Luke uh, chapter 1, I believe I'm going to, to start. Yes, I am. Luke chapter 1. Are you doing good? Can you slap your neighbor and tell him, ask him, are you doing good? Can you ask him, do you like roller coasters? <laughs> Life is like a roller coaster. <laughs> Never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Luke chapter 1 verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man by the name of Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Someone shout, highly favored. The Lord is with you. Like it's one thing if you shout, you're highly favored, the Lord is with you. It's another thing if a supernatural being from heaven shows up in your house and is so glorious and majestic that you literally want to worship it, but he says to you, you are highly favored and God is with you. How many know that's a roller coaster moment, but it's up here. Like you're at the high peak and God himself has sent an angel to tell you, you have a special assignment. I don't know about you, I would be excited. Yeah. Right? Like, an angel showed up. Lord, I'd like that one day. <laughs> Mary was greatly troubled in his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus. He will be great. Someone say great. great. 
he will be great. Like, how would you like this, ladies? Uh, someone comes up and just begins to prophesy over your child. They will be great. And they will be the richest man in all of the world. You're like, ah, yes. And, and, uh, and he will be great and be called son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, literally kingship. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. And his kingdom will never, ever end. Like, that's pretty high. It's about as good as it gets in the Bible. She's like, how will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month already. For no word from God will ever fail. That'll preach all by itself right there. Verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant, Watch Mary's response. She says, may your word be fulfilled to me. And then the angel left her. And then she sings this song, the next couple of verses. Luke chapter 1 says this, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Now watch this now. From now on, listen to this, all generations. For 2,000 years, this prophecy comes true. All generations all generations shall call me blessed. Like that's high, isn't it? Isn't that a high moment? Like every generation is going to call you blessed. And then the Bible says, and the angel just leaves. And then there's kind of this awkward realization that you've got to go and have a conversation with your fiance and tell him, hey, I know we haven't uh, kissed yet, but just want to let you know, hey, I'm pregnant. And an angel showed up and he said, don't worry, it's the Lord's. <laughs> and the Bible lets us know that that doesn't go that well. Surprisingly. <laughs> He's like, is it Bob? <laughs> is it Jack? Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> He's mad. I can see some dudes just go, who? Tell me right now, where is it? And the Bible actually says, watch this. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Watch this now. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. That is language for that conversation didn't go that well. The angel gives her no advice, no tips, no, here's how you're going to tell Joseph. Just go tell him. And she has gone from the highest high to perhaps one of the most awkward lows. She's like, hey, I'm pregnant. Don't worry. It's the Lord. And, she, and, and Joseph's like, no, it ain't. And it says, I'm going to divorce you quietly. What does that mean? Hey, honey, let's get coffee. Whisper over, I'm divorcing you. <laughs> like, do you whisper it? Quiet divorce. Bye-bye. See you later. You cheated on me. Fool me once. You know the line. <laughs> my mind literally went blank. My line was like, I don't even know the line. They seem to know the line. But after he considered this, watch this now, verse 20. Like he's literally going to divorce her. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because of what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
She'll give birth to a son and you ought to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph comes on back and says, Mary, I'm sorry. What's the roller coaster? Blessed and highly favored. You're pregnant. Oh, how do I explain that to Joseph? I'm out, quiet divorce. You've had a dream. Oh, that's nice. We're back here. Now it's pregnancy time, but the problem is all the community at that time, if you had a baby out of wedlock, it was not like now. It is not kind of, okay, it's kind of somewhat normal. No, you are shunned from the whole community. Like, literally everyone's like, girl, you're in trouble. Like, you might even die. That's how bad it is. It's not a few rumors. Like, it's a few rumors, but you might die. And so she has gone from high moment to low moment to high moment to low moment. And now, nine months later, you fast forward and they're on this trip to Bethlehem. And and they're excited because Jesus is coming and so forth. And Mary goes, hey, Joseph, so where are we staying tonight? And Joseph is one of these non-strategic planner types. Is, there, is any man in here just a non-detailed guy? None of you. All right, good. Okay, you're all project managers. Amazing. I, get, I, I reckon you'll get a promotion. Good for you. I'm more a big picture person myself. I'm like, awesome, have a baby. That's great. It'll come out. All good. And, and, and Mary's like, where are we staying? And Joseph's like, it'll work out. Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right, man. Right? And, and just like it's... <laughs> when you give birth in a barn, like that's, a, that's not that high a moment of your life. There's no sanitizer. There's no nurse. How, even worse, ladies, there's no painkiller. How many thank God Almighty for painkiller? Like, take some Advil, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not kind of, if I start getting a headache, some people are like, I'm just going to endure it. I'm not. I'm out. Advil, whatever. Pop them, three, four, doesn't matter. Let's just get me out of pain, you know? <laughs> but when a woman's having a baby, she would like, some painkiller. There's none. But then there's this low moment, right? And then there's this high moment because the wise men come and literally give gold and silver and frankincense. And now they worship your son who you just gave birth to. And now all of a sudden you are up here again. And it is a roller coaster just hanging out with Mary. And that night or very shortly after, the Bible says God gives Joseph a dream and they are literally to go Go to Egypt because a king wants to kill your son. Bad moment. Anyone feeling me? A king wants to kill your son in your family and you've got to leave to another country. Okay, And she's just like, what in the world is going on, Lord? Ever since you said I was going to be blessed, it feels like my life is going up and it's going down. It's going up and going down and I want some steadiness. The Bible actually says that God speaks to Joseph, particularly Matthew chapter 2, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he says. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until what? Until I, until what? 
Until what? I tell you, like that's no plan. For all you planners out there, that's not a plan, right? Three months, is it six months? We don't know. Here's what you know. When you're going to follow God, you actually have to hear Him on a regular basis. I know, I know, listen, I want this and you want this. All of us want this movie of our life and God to just show you left and right and all of a sudden you just go, oh, the, the Lord has a destiny for me and a plan for me. I'm just going to walk into it and then God, maybe 10 years, he's going to show me something else. No, God has to show you something on a regular basis. Notice that God speaks to Mary about her destiny, but he speaks to Joseph about his destiny and his destiny was the protection of his family. This is why men, this is why ladies, God will speak to, listen, God will speak to my wife about some things he does not talk to me about. God will speak to me about some things that he will not talk to her about. And there is a different role sometimes relationally with you and your wife, but you actually both of you need to hear God. Let me encourage you again, just keep your relationship with God fresh so that you can hear God's voice because he will talk to you, ladies, if you're listening. Men, he will speak to you if you seek him. Are you with me? And then the Bible says, Years go on and Jesus gets lost for three days. That's kind of a roller coaster moment, wouldn't you say, when you lose God? <laughs> Lord, I lost you. And then all of a sudden, there's this 17 years where we almost know nothing in the life of Jesus. And all we really know is he was a carpenter and he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. Listen to me. For 17 years, it seems like there's quietness with God. And don't you think if you were Mary and you had a dream years ago that an angel showed up and you had all kinds of things happen in your life, do you think there were some moments where Mary's faith kind of went up and then kind of went down and she was tired of the reputation of the community about her life and she was thinking to herself, like Jesus is like 20 at this stage or 25 and she's just like, when are you going to save the world, Jesus? And he's just obsessed with like building chairs. And he's building like kitchen cabinets. And she's like, that's great. I love our kitchen, Jesus. Save the world. But there's this 17-year span where all Jesus did was just go to work and pray and talk to God. And he just showed us this picture of stability. I think that's powerful for every man and every woman here, that Jesus, all we know about him from 13 to 30 is just stability. All we know about him is he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with men. All we know is he had a job and he worked the job. Right? He just kept doing it and kept doing it. And he kept getting to know God better through the scriptures. And he kept praying and he kept that relationship fresh. And all we know about him is stability for 17 years. That'll preach. I don't care what anyone says. And then all of a sudden, Matthew chapter 3, Jesus gets baptized, and now heaven opens. And God says, this is my son, whom I love. Everyone say, this is my son, in whom I love. In him, I am well pleased. And God himself literally speaks from heaven over the sun. And how many of you know that was a moment for Mary? Because she's been waiting for something to happen for 17 years. And all of a sudden, everything that she's experienced is now almost confirmed in God's word. And she's hoping the ladies that talk bad about her heard it. And she's like, look, 
God spoke from heaven about my life. And now all of a sudden Mary's up here again. And Jesus is doing miracles and preaching and following and, 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 um, and, and casting out demons and raising Lazarus from the dead. And uh, says to another woman, um, little girl, I tell you, get up. He tur- turned like a funeral into a party. And he's doing all kinds of stuff. And Mary's faith and Mary's hope is on a roller coaster moment. But then all of a sudden, some, some things start to happen. I think that it would shake a mother, don't you? It's almost like he, she would hear these rumors like they want to kill him. If you're a mother and you got someone wanting to kill your son, how I many like that's a roller coaster kind of shake, isn't it? You're like on the roller coaster. Like, I thought things were good. And how come it's happening now? And we're shaking. And what is going on? And then sometimes they say, oh, they want to make him king. And all of a sudden you're up again. And, oh, they want to kill him. And now you're down again, and up, up again, and down again. And her life is a roller coaster. Yeah. And then the Bible says they beat him. They arrest him, they lie about him, and then a mother witnesses not the death of a son, the torture of her son. And I wonder in my mind if Mary's mind went back to the prophecy in the next um, scripture and says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 34, it says, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Watch this now. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a, and a sword will pierce your own soul. It's pretty easy to tell someone who's in a bad situation to hope again, except if you're in that situation. Isn't it easy sometimes to say, yeah, it's going to be okay. And when you're in a pit of despair, can you imagine like the disciples when Jesus gets killed? Like no one had sorrow like Mary had sorrow. No one had the, 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 the depth of anguish of her soul. The Bible says that a sword will literally pierce your own soul. And she is devastated and decimated. But then three days later, when Jesus steps out of a tomb, all of a sudden, every miracle, every prophecy, every angel appearance, every word from God, every dream that she had had, all of a sudden, hope went from temporary to eternal. Hear me again. Hope went from temporary to eternal. Every promise he'd said, every prophecy he had declared, everything he'd ever said about himself in that moment, church, in that moment, man, all of a sudden, all of it is authenticated by God himself. Everything he'd ever said, everything. Why? Because you've never seen anyone come back from death. Death maybe for 10 minutes. Death maybe like we think he's gone and he might come back, dead in a grave and buried for three days. And all of a sudden, Jesus becomes not just a hopeful teacher, not a good teacher, he becomes the hope of humanity. Listen to me, Jesus does not just, he is not a good teacher. He is actually a very bad teacher unless he is the son of God. You cannot be a good teacher and declare yourself God. You either are God or you are crazy. Or you are a liar. There is only three options. And so the Bible goes on to say in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, verse 55, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? It says, Where, O death, is your sting? And verse 57 says, But thanks 
be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, hear this bit again. Can I have the worship team to come back? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Someone shout victory. victory. Come on, someone say victory. victory. Say it like you mean it. Victory. Say it like your team just won. Victory. Say it like it, it, say it like your future depends on it. Victory. Come on, I said say it like your future depends on it. Victory. Now we're, we're starting to get there, aren't we? We're, we're starting to. See, I, I came to just simply encourage every man, every woman here today. You know the number one rule of the roller coaster? Don't get off. Like the number one rule of the roller coaster is this. Don't flipping get off. Whatever you do, if it's shaking, if it's going uphill, if it's going slow, if it's going down, if you're at the height, if you're at the depth, it doesn't matter what position of the roller coaster you are on. I want to suggest to you today that if you'll follow Jesus, there will be some roller coasters. But I want to tell you today that there is a God. His name is Jesus. And if you hang on to the roller coaster, God Himself will watch after you. Because I found that some people want to quit. And they're just like, I don't know if I can do church. I don't know if I can do God. You're going to get off to a different roller coaster. Are you telling me that atheists don't have roller coasters? Are you telling me the Buddhist doesn't have a roller coaster? Are you telling me that, that, that if you follow Muslim, the religion, that you wouldn't have a roller coaster in that religion? But let's just say the biggest religion of the day is not those other religions. The biggest religion of the day is simply you being your own God. The biggest religion of our day is not even Christianity, is not even Buddha, is not any of those. It's you being your own God. It's me being my own God and saying, God, I don't want your control. I want my control. And it is the exact same lie that Lucifer told Adam and told Eve. He said, you can be like God. The religion of the day is simply you replacing God and you deciding what's right and what's wrong and I'll do my thing and so forth and sometimes maybe God might bless me I, I believe in God but stay over there God don't mess with my lifestyle and so forth but can I suggest to every single person today listen the Bible I meet people a lot I meet people normally unfortunately the last five years of their life has actually gone wrong the last 10 years of their life has gone wrong I meet 20 year olds that if they don't follow Jesus at 20, I'll normally meet them at 30 and I'll normally meet them at 40 and life has broken them. And I came to save some people some pain. I came to save you some pain, some relational pain, some heartache, some addictions. Listen, I, I, I promise you this, I'd probably save some of you hundreds of thousands of dollars because you're just spending on like smoking weed and doing coke. And your family, listen, your family, There is a blessing, listen, there is a blessing to following God. There is a blessing to following God. Psalm 112 says, blessed is the man who, who, who delights greatly in his commands. It says, his, in, um, his children shall be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright says, will be blessed. I don't know about you, I want my kids blessed. It says, they will be blessed. I pray that over my kids, but I pray it over our church. 
I pray over our kids. I pray over what I'd consider spiritual kids in this house. That I say, the children of this house shall be mighty. The children of this house shall be blessed. Listen, get on the roller coaster with Jesus. And sometimes there'll be some ups and sometimes there'll be some downs. But I reckon that the roller coaster of heaven goes upward. Because it doesn't. Light of the righteous, the Bible says, gets lighter until the perfect light of day. It says, even in darkness, Psalm 112, verse 4, it says, even in darkness, light dawns for the upright. So that means this, even when Mary had the lowest moments of her life, her faith was strong. And she called out to God. And here's what Mary didn't do. Mary didn't. reason to quit. You're like, Lord, this is a roller coaster. I want to get off this roller coaster. And Jesus says, listen, if you just keep following me, some of the dips of your life will make sense later. Some of the pain will actually be the power that you say, no, no, no. I, I found some of my greatest strengths came out of my greatest pain. Some of the men in our church who are getting unstuck in transformed groups, some of the greatest pain of their life is becoming their greatest power. The greatest pain of your world can actually become the strength of your life under the grace of God. I want to do something in a second. I felt like God gave me a very specific scripture this morning. I was reading and I said, Lord, is there anything else that you want me to give? And, and, and how many of you would sometimes say, hey, Lord, I'd love to know what part of the Bible you read and Sometimes it's just good to read it. And, and occasionally, though, I just, occasionally God will just whisper something to you. And I felt like very, very clearly this unique was Psalm 33. And so I'm reading Psalm 33. I was like, God, oh, it's good. And so forth. And I was reading this portion on hope. And I'm like, oh, this is great. He's like, no, no, you don't have it. I looked at verse 3 and I just felt like there was some, something our church needs to do. Psalm 33, verse 3 says this Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully. This is why I'm not on the worship team. Play skillfully. How, how many can say amen? Play skillfully, but it says this, but shout for joy. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Do you know you're commanded to shout? You're like, Anthony, I'm too cerebral for that. I'm more of a mental thinker. God is the smartest being on the planet. And He says to His children, shout. Let me, let, me, let me illustrate it like this. How many of you have ever been around a successful team? Successful football team, successful soccer team. How many know there's a swag to them? They're like, what? Yeah. Why? Because there's victory behind them. And because there's victory behind them, that there's victory in front of them. And here's what I need you to know as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. That the Bible says that through Jesus in the past there is victory. There is victory. And if and if and if the devil has taken away your shout, if the devil has taken away your voice, that you're not excited about it, I, man, sometimes you need to do some stuff to get that stuff off. And I believe that as we shout in a moment of faith to activate faith, see. Faith gets activated by prayer. As I pray, faith comes. As I give, faith comes. As I serve, faith comes.
faith comes. As I do, faith comes. You often actually don't feel it in the moment of doing it. You actually do it and faith follows. And so what's interesting is I actually believe that some of you will literally some things will just in your thinking, in your life, there'll be a new measure of faith if you just activate this thought to say, man, I'm going to shout for the victory that Jesus has already won. But guess what? I'm going to shout for the victories that He's going to give me. I'm going to shout for the answers of prayer that He's going to give me. I'm going to shout because my family will be blessed. I'm going to shout because there will be answers to prayer that will just be absolutely ridiculous in the future. God spoke to me many years ago. He said, Anthony, thank me before it comes. I'm like, but, but it's not here. It's like, thank me before it comes. And it was honestly, a, I'd never done that before. I was 19 and I just felt like the Lord just said, thank me before it comes. And I just began to thank God for the breakthrough. I needed some money to come to America. And He'd spoken to me to come to America. And, and, and I was just like, thank you, God, for the money. I began to thank Him for like weeks ahead. I was just thanking Him for the money to come. And then when my coach calls me up, he's like, hey, you got a full scholarship to come. And, and how many know all of a sudden I'm thanking God? college all good all right some of your parents just got excited like I could do that if it's your faith journey but I thank God and all of a sudden I realized I'd already thank God sometimes you're gonna shout because what Jesus has already done sometimes you're gonna shout what he's gonna do hear me again Corinthians 15 verse 57 says this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many believe that Jesus has forgiven you? How many believe that Jesus has paid the ultimate price for you on a cross, that one day you're going to go to heaven, that He is your Father, that God is good? How many believe that? You're almost there. Come on, why don't we take a moment right now, church alive. I want you to activate faith. I want you to activate faith for the past, for the present, for the future. God is good. God is good. Come on, let's worship someone. Oh, 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 oh,
Don't quit. Might be ups, might be downs, might be shakes. Stay. across this place you might be here today and you've never really put your trust your hope in the person of Jesus Christ you've been doing your own thing your own way perhaps you grew up Christian or Catholic or non-religious whatever it might be you might have grown up in a very mystical type of faith or, or, or family the Lord Jesus died on a cross for you and for me for the sin of the world and he is not just a hope he is the hope he is not just he is the eternal hope he came that you might have life and life abundant the bible says he came to forgive you and cleanse you he came to call you son and call you daughter so all across this place i'm going to ask you to close your eyes as a family, we're going to pray this prayer and that prayer will connect you by faith and grace to the person of Jesus Christ who's here in this moment. His Spirit is here moving, knocking on hearts, saying, Son, daughter, I want to come in. You don't know me. I want my forgiveness. I want your grace. I want my grace to be in your life. You can't clean yourself up to get to God. You can only say, Jesus, I turn to you and I trust in you. So all across this place, pray this prayer together say Jesus I thank you today I declare you are my hope for this life and the next you are my eternal hope right now I trust in you to change me I humble myself under your hand I need a connection with you real, that makes a difference, that impacts my life for the rest of my life. Help me walk with you from this day on. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, dying for me. I believe you rose again. Heads about and eyes are closed all across this place. I just want you to let me know just by a sign of showing your hand and lifting up high. Those of you that prayed it for the first time or you're coming back to God all across this place, would you quickly raise your hand? Quickly raise it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all over the place. Just thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just quickly. Thanks those in the back. Thank you those in the back. Thank you those in the front over there. Beautiful sweetheart. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you for every hand, but I thank you for every heart. I pray that the spirit of hope, the spirit of faith, would fill this place. Lord, that those people that prayed with us today and said yes to Jesus, they'd find their purpose and discover meaning in life, I pray. In the awesome and majestic name of Jesus. Come on, one more time. Let's give Jesus a hand. Come on. Once again, thank you guys for checking us out at Church Alive. If you want to hear more of these messages and want to just hear more about what's going on in the life of our church, make sure to follow us on social media so you can hear more messages just like this and just really hear what's going on in the life of our church. 
We'll see you this weekend. Have a great week.